Responding to the Call with Carlsbad Police Chief Mickey Williams. Carlsbad, people, purpose, and impact. An essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. I am your host today. And I'm very excited to have with me our brand new chief of police for the city of Carlsbad, Mr. Mickey Williams. Mickey, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before we get into any meaty topics, we definitely need to acknowledge that you got your master's degree from San Diego State and you are an Aztec. Very proud Aztec. Yes. Yeah. Go Aztec. Yep. My my father and his wife are both Aztecs. We're, so we're big fans uh, here locally. And they're off to a fantastic start with their football season. Yep. I enjoy watching both the uh, football and the basketball. Just yes. a big Aztec fan. Yes, my family are huge Aztec basketball fans. My wife's actually from Michigan. So, you know, that connection with Fisher and Dutcher with, oh, right. uh, with uh, their connections to Michigan back in the day. Yep. So it's great to, to cheer for them. And uh, of course, they've had a healthy amount of success the last few years. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah, which is great. So that's wonderful. But you've been here working for Carlsbad PD, it looks like for almost... 27 years. Is that right? Coming up on 27. Yeah. I started the Academy in February of 95. So Carlsbad's your only home. That's the only place you've served uh, in this capacity. Yeah. That's the only place I've been a sworn police officer. Mm -hmm. I did start with the San Diego County probation department for Mm -hmm. about two and a half years before I started with Carlsbad working at the juvenile hall Mm -hmm. and in their adult institutions. But this has been the first police officer job I've had. What got you into police work? What what motivated you to take up this line of service? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I started out with college, I wanted to be a civil engineer because that's mm. what my dad was. I enjoyed math. And so I started going to school to be a civil engineer, but I always had a desire to be a cop, mm. but it just wasn't something I really developed. And then I took the step of going on a ride along mm. with San Diego PD. Oh, let me guess. You were hooked. Uh, once, I, once I went out there and saw what the job was, mm. Just, it was, there really didn't seem to be a choice after Mm. that. I still went to school a little bit longer in engineering, but I pretty quickly changed course. It was a bit of adjustment for the family with my dad being (laughs) an engineer and letting him know I was changing courses from engineering to law enforcement, but it's the best decision I've ever made. It was, it's, it's something I always wanted to do and it's been everything I thought it would be. That's fantastic. So 27 years here in Carlsbad. So tell us some of the different roles you've had over the time leading up to now becoming chief. So I've had such a great opportunity here with the city. They've treated me so well. Started out like everybody else does, going to the academy and then working as a patrol officer. After working as a patrol officer for about four years, I had the opportunity to work in our vice narcotics unit, Mm. doing more of like an undercover surveillance type police work. And got to do that for four years. Got to do other detectives assignments in burglary, general investigations. And then ultimately got, after 10 years, I got promoted to sergeant and Mm -hmm. went back. Every time somebody gets promoted in in our department, but in most departments, they end up going back to patrol. Mm -hmm. And then you gain your expertise in patrol and then move on to special assignments. So after 10 years, I got promoted to sergeant Mm -hmm. and then went back to patrol. After that, went back to narcotics for a short period as a supervisor, Mm -hmm. then got the opportunity for probably the best period of time in my career as far as doing police work, supervised the Crimes of Violence Unit for five years, which was a a fantastic experience. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. 
After that, I kind of went over to the other side of our business, which is more the administration side. Mm -hmm. After crimes of violence, I went to our IA hiring, that type of position and our professional standards. Worked my way up through there, ended up as a patrol watch commander when I got promoted to lieutenant. And then uh, in 2015, when Chief Gallucci took over as mm -hmm. chief, he promoted me to captain. And then I just served as his second command uh, until sure. his recent retirement. Sure. Wonderful. So those are, that's a lot, a lot of different things. I don't know why, but I'm intrigued by the undercover aspect. And, and, you know, maybe because we have too many shows on TV that make us think, you know, how glamorous that is. And, or what was that like? Is that, is, is it anywhere near what we see in the movies and the TV or not really? No, it's not like what you see in the movies or the TV. <laughs> Uh, a lot of it is a surveillance job where you you watch things sure. to see if people are doing things they're not supposed to be doing. It's sure. uh, primarily narcotics enforcement, mm -hmm. some vice related. But our vice narcotics unit also does a lot of work assisting other detective divisions. So, for example, if we, we know who's out committing robberies or mm -hmm. a burglary, they may surveil people to see if they're uh, breaking the law. It's not like the movies, but it is a lot of fun. And it's yeah. it's a different side of police work. It's not readily seen by the public. Sure. But it's it's definitely a good thing to learn as you move through the ranks, just sure. so you understand that type of the, that side of the business. Well, I suppose now in your role, like all the different stops you have, it, those are all, all have been valuable to your role now as you kind of have to oversee the whole thing. Crimes of, of violence, that sounds harsh, but you said that was a really, you know, a rewarding time in your career. Tell us a little bit about what that, that job was like or that role. The thing I liked best about it, that job is we got to develop connections with families that mm. were involved in significant crimes and mm. try and really through our day in day out work, we were able to help them through some of the most challenging times that they face. Yeah. And some of those relationships last till today. For example, in 2010, we had our the unfortunate incident at Kelly School, yes. the shooting at Kelly School. Yeah. And from the day of that incident till now, my relationship with Principal Armstrong and mm -hmm. all that, we just wouldn't have that if we didn't have the experiences we've right. had through that through those times. And so being in a position to provide that kind of help and assistance to people suffering through violent crime was really, really rewarding. Oh, that's great. Well, you've definitely got a lot of diverse experiences and I, can, I know they're gonna serve you well. Before I talk about Carlsbad stuff, if I remember correctly, we're not the only community to have a new police chief recently. If I if I think I heard Escondido, maybe Oceanside, is that are, aren't there a couple others in North County that are going through transition as well? Yeah, Escondido, I believe uh, Chief Carter retired December of nineteen, I believe. So it's been a little bit, about a year and a half or so, or a little bit more. And then more recently. Oceanside Police Department, Chief Armijo took over there when Chief McCoy retired. So there is a lot of movement in, in mm -hmm. law enforcement, that's for sure. And I'm assuming that there's collaboration amongst all of you in the community because crime doesn't really know borders, right? So you got one somebody doing something here and it's very likely they're doing something in our neighboring community. Is that is that fair? That's fair. And I think in San Diego County, one of our primary strengths, I think, is the countywide effort that we do addressing law enforcement. It starts with our academy. We have a countywide academy. Mm. So when I went to the countywide academy back in 1995, I went through with San Diego police officers, sheriff's officers, Mm -hmm. and officers from all the different agencies in the county. 
And so you begin the relationship at that point, realizing that we all have the same job to do. We just yeah. serve different communities. But like you said, the crime doesn't stop at a border and neither does our desire to do good and help yeah. people. So for example, if in Carlsbad, we learn of something that will help Escondido, we'll call them. We have a lot of connections there with all the different agencies. That's yeah. just one example. But there definitely is a collaborative effort. And then I would I would say that doesn't stop when you get to the chief level, the, the the countywide chiefs association with the sheriff work very closely together to address issues, That's to great. try to come up with the, the smartest ways to address challenges we're dealing yeah. with and that sort of thing. That makes sense, but it's great to hear that level of collaboration is going on. As a resident, right, of North County, we, we're hoping that everybody's working together. 2020 was a rough year to be in law enforcement. It felt like through the unfortunate actions of a relatively small segment of the law enforcement population that everybody kind of, everybody serving that role became cast in a certain light. How was that for our local guys and, and, and gals, not just guys, but how was it for our local police force? And, and how is it now? You know, it seems like it's getting a little less, but what's that experience been like for you guys? It's been challenging for our officers, but at the same time, whenever there's challenge, there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. For example, when we had officers working seemingly around the clock, uh, mm -hmm. addressing protests, both in our city, but also our assistance of other departments that were dealing yeah. with issues in the county, there was a lot of friction and at those times. But at the same time, what I saw was there was protests about concepts of law enforcement. Mm. But then what I felt to be reassuring and refreshing is though people may come out to protest against law enforcement, a lot of times they were kind to our officers. Good. I think part of it has been a learning process for all of us that this isn't a personal yeah. issue. This is, the, these are issues that go across the country regarding law enforcement. We have a responsibility to do our jobs better and continue to improve. We also have a responsibility to make sure people have the right to protest peacefully. And we take that right or that responsibility seriously, even if it's protesting law enforcement, our jobs to protect people and allow them the right to express themselves in that way, as long as it's peaceful. Sure. It, it has been challenging, but when I talk about the opportunity part of it, it's also open doors for relationships. Mm -hmm. So for example, as a result of us uh, engaging in the policing of protests and planning for those. We've developed relationships with people that maybe at times have been highly critical of law enforcement, but through our building relationships, we've grown a greater understanding and we actually have really productive conversations. In fact, some of the people that would organize protests in our city back in 2020, now we go to coffee with and talk nice. to, express ourselves and see things from different perspectives, but but walk away with an, a better understanding of each other. Yeah. So I think just like anything in life where there's the challenges, there are opportunities. Yeah. To be frank, re, at the level of the police officers that are out policing the street, it has been a challenging year. Yeah, well, that's great the way you guys have tried to embrace conversation and the relationship with, with key people, you know, try to seek you know, the opportunity. You shared at a at a Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce event, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe maybe four or five months ago, about your de-escalation, you know, kind of uh, philosophy and approach that you take in the department. 
And I was super impressed when we heard it. And I would love for you just to share a little bit with our listening audience today, how you kind of approach those kind of potentially tense situations to get a peaceful and productive resolution. That is one of our major departmental goals moving forward is to enhance and become experts in crisis management. Yeah. When we look at the issues across the country that have um, challenged law enforcement, mm-hmm. they very often involve the handling of crisis incidents yeah. that from an outsider looking in could have been done better. Yeah. What we wanna do is we wanna train our officers about crisis management. We want it to be part of the culture of our department that minimizing risk and slowing things down when there's the opportunity Mm. to allow for time and discussion and talk, that needs to be the way we do business. With that said, I said, there's a really important caveat there, when there's the opportunity. When there's the opportunity, And our officers still have to be free to act when they need to act to protect people. But a lot of times what we see across the country is sometimes for a short period of time, there may be a need to act quickly, but then circumstances may change that allow officers to then slow things down. And what we want is our officers to be experts in recognizing those changing facts Mm -hmm. as as an incident progresses so that they can speed up and then slow down as the facts dictate that they're dealing with instead of maybe going into a situation that requires immediate and not noticing that the facts will now allow them to slow down. So that, that, that keying and that distinction is one of the things that we're really trying to train in our, in our department. And uh, it's not just the training, but it's the application with supervision and management. And then it's also the evaluation of how we perform to go back and look at incidents after they've happened to see, did we pick up the cues that we should yeah. have? Even if it resolved peacefully, could we have done it better? Sure. And then learn from it departmentally. Yeah. So that that's a major, major push in our department yeah. right now. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that's definitely evolved over your 27 years is the the smartphone, right? So every interaction that an officer has publicly today potentially is gonna be on social media or on, you know, some some site because somebody's recording it. And and not that I'm saying there shouldn't be accountability for officers and their actions, because obviously there should be, but that's gotta be a little bit challenging because it feels like you can take a 15 second snippet of some interaction, take it a bit out of context and all of a sudden that's viral. And that's that's just gotta be challenging for you guys. It is challenging in, in one way in, in our response to incidents and through communicating with the public, that, that is where the challenge lies. Our officers are all wearing body-worn cameras and have for over mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. So our officers know that everything they're doing yeah. is being recorded, that is gonna be reviewed and watched. That They're already aware of that. Yeah. They're performing under those conditions day in, day out. The challenge comes when misinformation or partial information yeah. gets spread and the departments needs to so quickly get out with factual information about incidents or to correct right. misinformation sometimes. And so that's where the challenge comes mm-hmm. from is to, is to be so ready all the time yeah. to quickly get information out. And we've really developed on social media. We have a, an outstanding uh, public information officer, yep. Jody Reyes, who just does a great job, seems seemingly 24 hours a day, mm. putting information out to the community, whether it's an incident we're dealing with or a road closure, or if a video or some some story goes out about our department, 
she very quickly monitors that and then addresses it with factual information to make sure that the community knows exactly what happened. Uh, I think I follow the Instagram channel, probably Facebook too, but I see the Instagram one. And uh, there's always, there's positive stories too, which I love, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not all bad guys and stuff. So it's great. I love seeing those. So let's, let's talk about what are some priorities that you, you have coming forward here as your new role as um, chief? I mean, as we're sitting here today, I think what, it's been officially about a month since you were sworn in. Is that the way to say it? Sworn in? Yeah. That's been a little, just under a month. What are some priorities you have coming forward? So uh, we touched on one priority, the the crisis management de-escalation, making that part of our departmental culture from hiring people all Mm -hmm. the way through the evaluation and promotion, promotions that we make and everything in between. Another priority is building on, we already have, are very, very fortunate to have a great relationship with our community. Our community Mm -hmm by and large supports us and trusts us. It's a fantastic relationship that has been built over 50 or 60 years, but we constantly, we can't take that for granted because it can be lost. And we also need to continue to build it. Uh, Our city continues to grow. And there's people that come into the city. We need to continue to develop and and see that as a priority to to build relationships. So uh, that is a big push for, uh, for us departmentally because law enforcement, can only be effective if the community trusts the yes. law enforcement agency to police. We've seen agencies across the country where the community is has effectively dis- decided that they're not going to allow the, the agency to police yeah. for whatever reason. And we can't have that here. We have to have a level of trust yeah. where our name is 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 trusted, our words are trusted, and that that takes relationships because that's how trust is built yeah. through relationships. So that is a really big push for us to be out in the community, making connections, uh, any opportunity just like this to mm-hmm. talk and and let people know who we are and what our goals are and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So that that's that's another big push in our within yeah. our department. That's great. So obviously one of the challenges that anybody driving around the community can see, and it's not just a Carlsbad challenge by any stretch of the imagination, but is the homelessness situation. So talk to us a little bit about your guys' efforts there and what you see and, and what you anticipate. As you alluded to, it, this is an issue that's really impacting the state of California, yeah. but even the nation, but the state of California heavily up and down the coast. Our city has seen an, an influx over the years of, mm-hmm. of homelessness-related issues. Our city has tried to be very aggressive as far as providing uh, services and resources and to, to address this issue from a couple of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think the key for us though, is a balanced approach. We want to be known as, as a city that offers the greatest help Mm -hmm. to help somebody out of a homelessness issue. Will our officers will drive people to Mm -hmm. other parts of the County or even other counties if they can get help there and if they're willing. So we have these officers that are dedicated to this type of work. Yeah. So that's half of the balance. The other half is protecting the quality of life for businesses and for residents that live and visitors within our city so that they have the opportunity to also enjoy the community and and live the life that they wanna live. So there really is that balanced approach that we're trying to strike where we are compassionate, we are dedicated to going the extra mile to help people if we can connect to services and get out of homelessness. But at the same time, the opposing part of that balance is an, a sense of accountability and lawfulness yeah. within our within our city 
so that people can enjoy the quality of life that they should in our city. Yeah, that's a big deal. That That's a tough balancing act. Somebody told me recently, I wanna say about a month ago, that they were down like, I don't know, in the gas lamp and they were just saying how overrun the area is with homeless stuff and that, you know, for them as say, I mean, they're a local tourist, but still coming out from outside the city to go say, go to a restaurant, go to a Padres game, whatever the case might be, it wasn't comfortable, it wasn't inviting anymore, and it was a big turnoff. And obviously no city you know, wants to have the situation get to that point where they're turning away tourists, turning away visitors, turning away commerce for their local businesses. So that's a tough balancing act that you have. Yeah, I mean, we're, we try to use data and calls for service to drive our allocation where we position our officers. Mm -hmm. Like I said, uh, since 2017, there's been a big investment by the city to try to address this issue. Back in 2017, we didn't, before 2017, we did not have a homeless response team. Mm. We didn't have officers that, yeah. we did not have officers that were dedicated to this. Since then, our unit has grown from two officers to now it's six officers wow. and two sergeants that work seven days a week. Wow. So with that large investment, now we try to use calls for service. Where are people calling for our help dealing with these issues? And then we try to get out there early in the morning in those areas to try to prevent people from having to call us, trying yeah. to solve the problem before it arises. That's great. So that's that's some of the strategies that we're using to try to get ahead of the uh, the quality of life issues that, that the community is dealing with. That's great. And I know the, the business community appreciates that. The residents appreciate it too, but the business community, speaking for them, they really appreciate it because like I said, they, they don't want anything to detour, you know, potential customers, tourists, visitors, et cetera. So that's, that's awesome. Anything else specifically on your agenda that we want to make sure and share? You know, within the department, we're trying to do a better job of communicating. It's there's with uh, social media and the, how quickly information travels. Yeah. There's been a really heightened focus on enhancing our ability to communicate out of the department sure. uh, with the community and, and with all the, the stakeholders that may be affected by issues related to the police department. And so one of the things within the department we're really trying to focus on is, is our communication within our department. Because mm -hmm. I really feel strongly that just as much as we work to communicate to uh, stakeholders and interested people outside of our organization, we should be working just as hard to make sure that the people out there, you know, working, you know, it's a 24 hour a day business, seven mm -hmm. days a week. It's it's easy to get disconnected or to, to, to have a breakdown in communication. So we're really trying to invest a lot of time and effort within our department to make sure that all of the people that work for the police department understand what we're doing and understand the issues to understand our response to it so that hopefully that translates into better service for the community. That's great. So how would you rate our stats right now, our crime stats? Are we down a little, up a little? I mean, how, how are things looking, you know, in general? And I know we always compare year to year, which may not be always the best comparison, but in general, how, how does it look? 2020 last year was a different type of year yeah. because of so many regulations and with COVID in general, it changed the way people did yeah. things. So we did see a, 
a pretty dramatic reduction in crime. Mm -hmm. I think it was 11% for part one crime in our city reduction, 5% in violent crime and 12% in property crime. That's great. That was in 2020. Yeah. Now we're coming back. We're seeing an increase in the first six months of Mm -hmm. 21, which is really on par with what we saw in 2019. I think when you look at our crime at the end of this year, what we'll probably end up with is is a dip in 20, but consistent with what we saw in about uh, 2019, which is still a pretty low, about over the last decade, we've seen a reduction in crime. Just crime has been going down. Uh, Since last year, we are seeing an increase. Sure. Well, and like I said, when you compare year to year, it's not always the best comparison. 2020 was an anomaly in so many ways, right? Uh, Right. (laughs) For all of us, but um, we're not seeing drastic increases, say, from the rates you had at 2019, which would have been the last air quotes normal year to now. So that's really good. You uh, you live in Carlsbad. So give us a little look behind the veil here. What's, what's your favorite outdoor spot in North County? Favorite hobby besides the Aztecs? Love to golf. Have been fortunate to live in the city since 2004. Nice. My wife and I raised our two daughters here in the city and we love the city. We love going down to the village. We love going down and eating at city restaurants and and that sort of thing. Probably one of our favorite things to do is go for a walk down at the beach. I think, you know, that's when we have an hour or two to to do something that we want to go do, that's usually what we end up at. Do you have to wear like sunglasses and a hat so you don't get stopped 15 times walking? <laughs> no, I, we have, a, like I said earlier, the the community members that uh, would recognize me, we, we probably have a great relationship for yeah. the most part. So. Neighbors and yeah, yeah friends. Uh, not going to be uh, people hitting you up like, hey, how come you haven't done this or that? <laughs> <laughs> and if they do, you know, that sometimes that is the way we get information. You'd be out either walking or at a restaurant and somebody asks me and bring an issue up. That's fine too, because now I have information. I can go back to work. We can sort out what, what we have, get back to that person, see if we can improve the situation that, that they brought forward. Well, I will say that I feel like you in particular, your department in general, but you in particular are incredibly accessible and available. And I appreciate that both as an organization from the chamber standpoint, but just as an individual, I know there's been times where, you know, I've sent you emails and connected you to members of ours, business members who had questions or concerns and you were always willing. So I appreciate that. And thank you for that. I know it makes a big difference to our business community. Well, I appreciate that. And I truly feel that that's what our job is. We're here. We, the police department, are here to serve. I'm here to serve. That means if somebody in our community wants help, needs help, is looking for some assistance, the answer should be yes, we're here to help. And that really, I think, is part of been our culture at the Carlsbad PD for as long as I've been a part of it. And I think part of that is why we have the relationship with our community that we do. We've had a longstanding rule at our department that we will respond to any call for service that a person calls us for, yeah. no matter what it is. And and part of that is just a commitment to helping out the person in our community that needs help, even if it technically wouldn't be a police issue typically. Sure. I've, I've actually gone to a call where somebody couldn't reach their fire alarm and they needed the battery changed. And so no, I changed, it happened to be in the middle of the night and the beeping was keeping them awake oh, and they couldn't gosh. fix it. So they called the police. So we <laughs> went out there and fixed it for them at three in the morning. And, and actually f- left there feeling great because yeah. I know that person's going to now get to go to sleep and yeah. is appreciative of us doing our job. That's great. 
That's and you know what? That's a great story to end on. So the, let's end on a really positive because that's the role you guys do is it's very positive in our community. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to come down and chat with us and uh, look forward to continuing to work together. Outstanding. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free creates goodwill and makes you feel great.